When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to First Mover, presented by Underdog Fantasy. I'm Josh Larkey, the Director of Analytics at Roto Underworld and PlayerProfiler.com, and you can follow all my work on Twitter, at JLarkeyTweets. J-L-A-R-K-Y Tweets. Now, last week's show began with a long-winded and (laughs) much-deserved DeAndre Swift victory lap, and... For contrast, this week's show will actually begin with an apology tour. But before I get to that, I'll quickly outline today's show. I'm going to discuss how many plays these teams have been running through four weeks. I'll mention a few teams' pass rates, and then how we can leverage this information for our DFS purposes. And then I'll quickly talk some week four DFS and how you can take advantage of our new and constantly improving DFS tools for this season. After that quick week four recap, then we'll dive into some player salaries for week five that I'm already targeting and fading. We'll go over the entire week five Sunday slate and game environments that I'm interested in. And then I'll get you out of here with an early week five hot take. And all of this should be accomplished in under 45 minutes. It's Monday afternoon, Chargers and Raiders play in a few hours and I will continue to get this stream out to the public before Monday night football begins. Now, some of you may have noticed that I've once again started to throw up some underdog fantasy best ball drafts onto the old Twitter account, at JLarkeyTweets. In case you missed those, Underdog has a new best ball tournament, Resurrection. Draft a team now. And the scoring begins in week six. It's their standard best ball tournament format we have all come to know and love from Underdog. But the first round of the tournament, it's only nine weeks, from week four to week 16, followed by rounds two, three, and four of the tournament in weeks 15, 16, and 17 of the NFL season. The best part about the Resurrection Tournament? You can atone for any drafting mistakes that you may have made over the summer. And if you haven't signed up yet, I mean... What's holding you back from drafting? Is it a money thing? How about this? Sign up today for Underdog Fantasy. Promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD. And you get an instant $10 deposit match. And Resurrection just happens to be a $10 tournament. So if you sign up today using promo code UNDERWORLD, you deposit $10, you get the extra $10. Essentially, it's two Resurrection entries for the price of one. And again, promo code Underworld. For the following pace of play analysis, I'm looking at all teams' pass and run plays through four weeks, and I'm removing overtime. 
Sure, overtime matters, but I want to have a level playing field. Plus, we should never expect teams to go to overtime or try to predict it. Yes, the, the Titans and the Jets went to overtime yesterday. Does that mean either team's more likely to play future overtime games than the other teams? Eh, no. Hence, why I remove overtime from this analysis. Now, back to atoning for draft mistakes made over the summer. If we dive into pace of play and the amount of plays run per game, there's an interesting team that appears third on this list with 65.75, nearly 66 pass and run plays per game. The Carolina Panthers are number three in the NFL in play volume. And now let me, this might get a little sappy. I should take the, let me take my glasses off because this is actually the, the part of the episode where I begin, I begin the DJ Moore apology tour. I had to handwrite this one. Give me a second. Okay. Dear DJ, I have always been well above consensus on you in Dynasty Leagues, as I'm a firm believer in your talent profile and historic early career production overall. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to the Codebreaker episode I did this past spring discussing the long-term outlooks of DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley. And don't worry, I'll link that podcast episode in the description when this goes live on Apple, Spotify, etc. Nonetheless, DJ, hear me out. <laughs> I faded you in redraft this year in 2020. You were you were out-targeted by Robbie Anderson. In 2020, the Joe Brady Carolina offense was sluggish with play volume. And uh, some blamed that on Teddy Bridgewater who has always operated slow offenses. But unfortunately, your new quarterback for 2021 was Sam Darnold, another quarterback who has always operated slow-paced offenses as well. And I expected the pace to once again be slow in Carolina in 2021. I was worried that year one of the Joe Brady offense meant slightly more targets for Robbie Anderson. I was worried that CMC's return would eat away at the overall target pie. I was worried about Terrace Marshall getting drafted, but Carolina as well. DJ, in a vacuum, I always knew you were the most talented wide receiver on this team, but I struggled to buy into a wide receiver who might end up third on his own team in overall targets when his ADP was early fourth round. I wanted to believe. I really did. But I wasn't convinced Sam Darnold could be fixed right away. I wasn't confident the coaching staff would set you up for fantasy success in 2021 after holding back your usage for all of 2020. And I was wrong. I faded you. I faded Robbie Anderson. I faded Terrace Marshall in redraft. But DJ, through four games, oh man, it's beautiful. You have 30 receptions, three touchdowns on the season. Last year, you had 66 receptions and four touchdowns the entire year. You're already almost halfway there with the receptions. You're only one touchdown catch away at this point from matching your career high. You held steady at just under 80 receiving yards per game in both 2019 and 2020. And this year, you are averaging 99.5. That is nearly 100 receiving yards per game. I was so wrong about you, DJ. I'm sorry. And I'm not going to let it happen again. Underdog fantasies resurrection best ball tournament scoring starts week six 
And I have been loading up on DJ Moore in that format to atone for my summer hiccup of fading him. Promo code UNDERWORLD when you sign up. Back to play volume. Carolina's surprisingly high play volume bodes well for all involved. In DFS, we chase the potential for ceiling games, for those slate-breaking performances. And it's a whole lot easier to reach that when the play volume's high. DJ Moore had nearly 35 DraftKings points in Week 4, thanks to his 8 catches, 113 yards, 2 tutties, along with 6 yards on the ground. In that type of boom week performance, it's easier for a fast-paced offense to achieve. And at the very top of play volume, we have the Buffalo Bills, who have run nearly... I mean, this is this is crazy. They have run nearly five more plays per game than any other offense through four weeks. And funny enough, their overall pass rate isn't even very high. It's only 55%. They've been blowing some teams out. And while they may slow from this historic pace of 71 plays per game, the pass volume may not decline much if the pass rate starts to tick up just a little bit. Continue to fire up the Bills players in DFS. Second in play volume, you probably wouldn't believe this. And again, I have removed any overtime performances. It's the Titans. And that's in part helped Derrick Henry become the clear number one running back in fantasy. He's getting over 30 touches per game, well above his already historic 2020 campaign. Plus, he's getting the targets for the first time in his career. Third is Carolina, and fourth is the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are running 46 pass plays per game. That's nearly four more pass plays per game than the second place Steelers who are running 42 and a half pass plays each game. Continue to double stack Tom Brady and DFS. The pass volume is most certainly there. Another interesting team, the Detroit Lions. They have run the 10th most offensive run and pass plays in the NFL. Preseason, I wasn't so much worried about their pace of play necessarily, but I was worried about how much that offense would even just be out on the field with how dreadful their defense projected to be. And in part because of that bad defense, through four weeks, the Lions are indeed skewing extremely pass heavy. 63.5% of their plays are pass. Contrast that 55% of Bills plays are pass plays. And that 63.5% pass rate, that bodes well for DeAndre Swift, TJ Hawkinson, who are gobbling up a ton of targets, and maybe even Jared Goff for DFS. Goff did have that massive week one, and while I wouldn't expect that very often, the raw play volume and pass-to-run rate do indicate it's likely Goff does have one or two more blow-up performances in the future this season, and he's probably going to be really inexpensive each week. Moving down, there's a few notable teams with non-ideal play volume for DFS. The Saints have run the sixth fewest plays through four weeks. And they're also passing by far. It's not even close. They're, the Saints are passing by far the least amount in the NFL. They're only passing 22 and a half times per game. I mean, no other team is even below 25. And that's going to hurt Alvin Kamara and his targets. That makes Jameis Winston, the rest of the Saints, makes them really difficult to play in any DFS tournaments. A slow offense running the ball 60% of the time is not what you're looking for when you hunt for the big boom weeks for fantasy points. And two more teams I'll highlight to close out here, the Seahawks and Bengals. The Seahawks and Bengals are 31st and 32nd in play volume, respectively. And at this time, 
it's difficult to justify Joe Burrow and DFS. With Russell Wilson, it's also getting difficult to justify heavy exposure in DFS. Now, I still believe that the, the Russell Wilson skinny stack with Lockett or Metcalf is going to be viable each week, just with how concentrated the passing game is. But if, I mean, if, if Russ starts getting priced up for DFS, I may have to start fading him or at least playing less of him. And I wouldn't even consider Russ double stacks until this offense ramps up the play volume. For comparison, the Seahawks, they're running 49.25 offensive plays per game. Seahawks, 49.25. The Bengals are at 49. The Bills, number one, 71 plays per game. That's nearly 50% more than the Seahawks and the Bengals. Taking play volume into account, that's crucial for DFS. And now we have four weeks of data. And I'm going to be less heavy-handed with this Seahawks team in DFS until we see a major change with this offense. Now this year, we launched our brand new DFS module. Many of you were already familiar with the DFS lineup genius from prior seasons. And this year, not only do we give you our full top 20 lineups for both DraftKings and FanDuel, but you can now include and exclude players within those top 20 lineups with the lineup genius. And I definitely recommend flipping through those lineups each week and taking note, including a player that you really like for the week, excluding a player you're afraid of and think they're going to have a down week or maybe they're an injury concern for you. And I'm going to be playing all of these lineups that you can potentially cycle through and create in each week. And yesterday, none of our top 20 lineups demolished the pay line, but we did have two of those new for 2021 lineups via the include or exclude functions, we did have a couple of them crest 200 DraftKings points yesterday. One of them even crested 220. Each week, we improve on the process, we reevaluate our assumptions, we iterate, and if you want to come along for the ride, go to playerprofiler.com, check out the DFS Dominator tab for access to our full DraftKings and FanDuel lineups, our cash game optimizer, our upside and value finders, and our underdog pick'em lines of the week. Yes, our top 20 lineups didn't have a great week. However, like I've said before, most weeks, they're not going to be good weeks. If you look at the, the tournament payout structure, you're only really getting paid out substantially when you're in the top 0.5% of lineups. So that's kind of like a 1 in 200 chance. If you're submitting 20 lineups each week, on average, 1 in 10 weeks, you're going to hit that super profitable zone of the 0.5%. Do we think we can beat once every 10 weeks? Yes, we do. We have a strong process in place. We were profitable last year. We expect to ultimately be profitable this year, but you have to be patient, understand the numbers, understand what you're up against. And it's a numbers game where you just have to keep playing week after week, knowing that our little edge that we have over the field over time should result in profits. Was week four profitable? No, it was not a big profitable week. Would it have been profitable for me if I had played some of those monster 200 plus point lineups in anything more than a, a few dollar contest as we're checking out our proof of concept? Sure, I could have made tens of thousands of dollars if I put that in the Millie Maker, for instance. But right now, we're I'm, I'm still not, financially, I cannot put all 150 lineups into the $20 Millie Maker. One day, I hope to do so, but... It's good to know that the process is looking sound and that we do have those boom lineups taking place. And now on to week five DFS. Let's start with DraftKings quarterback, the most expensive, Kyler Murray. Kyler is 
thousand this week facing San Francisco at home. Moving down a little, I really like Jalen Hurts, 7K. His price just doesn't seem to budge much. He's playing at Carolina. It's a, it's a decent defense. I would say it's firmly above average. However, I don't really know if that matters for Jalen Hurts and how he scores his fantasy points. He's had over 20 fantasy points every game this year. And I think that trend continues this week. Super cash viable. It's kind of hard to justify another quarterback in cash when you have Hurts in there, who's just pretty much guaranteed to get you the 20 fantasy points via the the pass volume, the rushing. We have Herbert. Justin Herbert's 6,800. They're at home facing Cleveland for week five. I'm curious how Monday night is going to go, which happens in a couple hours. They're playing the Raiders at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. Very interested in Herbert, 6,800, facing Cleveland at home. The Chargers have been pass-heavy. They have been pass-heavy. They are incredibly aggressive. They're moving the ball downfield. Mike Williams has emerged as a, a true alpha in this league. Keenan Allen's looked great. Eckler's looked super sharp. Herbert has a lot of stacking weapons. Daniel Jones is 6K at Dallas. He just passed for over 4,000 yards on the road facing the that vaunted Saints defense. Daniel Jones, kind of sneaky upside. I'll probably be dabbling with him this week. Trevor Lawrence. I know it hasn't looked great these last few weeks. I will probably dabble again. He's 5,800 facing the dreadful Titans defense. The Titans allowed almost 30 points to the Jets yesterday. The, the Titans defense might be the worst defense in the NFL. DJ Shark out for the season, broken ankle. Targets will continue to consolidate around Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, Dan Arnold. Very consolidated plays here. Trevor Lawrence looking great at 5,800. And then <laughs> we've got our week five gift, Trey Lance, 5,700 at the Cardinals. Jimmy G hurt his calf yesterday. Trey Lance comes in for the second half and proceeds to put up 20 fantasy points in the second half. There is upside there. This is a QB that was built for DFS tournaments with the rushing ability, the elite arm strength. Now on FanDuel, we have most expensive, Kyler. He's 8,500 on that platform. And then the quarterback I like the most, Trey Lance, 6,900. Nice on FanDuel. So like I said, I generally don't recommend paying down too much for quarterback on FanDuel. I would kind of stop at Trey Lance, 6,900. That's a great price for someone who has QB1 in his range of outcomes for the entire slate. Let's move on to running backs. The big dog, Derrick Henry, facing a defense that he has eaten. In fact, it has been pretty much a full course, but like a 10 course buffet for some of these games. Henry's on the road facing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh baby, 9K. He's at the top. If you go just below him, you get Alvin Kamara at 8,600. Get out of here. Why is Alvin Kamara still so expensive? He's not getting many targets. He's turned into almost a plotter. He's getting 20 carries a game with two to four targets sprinkled in there. I, If I remember correctly, he didn't even have a target yesterday for the first time in his career. Can't really play Alvin Kamara. Moving down a touch, Dalvin Cook, 8,400 facing the Lions. My goodness, if he is healthy and suits up for week five, if the ankle is okay, you have to start cramming Dalvin Cook into lineups at 8,400 against Detroit. Najee Harris, 6,900. Nice. At Denver. Harris's role is just so robust. Very good cash game running back right there as well. DeAndre Swift, the dis- the disrespect continues. He's 6,100 at Minnesota. I will once again be playing a whole lot of DeAndre Swift. 
Moving down a little further, we have Damian Williams. He's 5,600 at Vegas. David Montgomery, to be determined what happened to his knee. At the best, it's hyperextended and he misses a few weeks. At the worst, torn ACL season over. Either way, he will not be playing week five. Damian Williams, we have seen him be very, very productive before when called upon in a lead back role. 5,600 against a, a very mediocre Vegas defense. Moving a little further, we've got, I mean, at 5,200, we have the ultimate bell cow. This guy yesterday, he in week four, 20 carries and five targets, 17 fantasy points from usage. There was no touchdown yesterday. 20 carries, five targets. He plays in a top three offense in the NFL. You might be wondering who this is. A top three offense in the NFL. 25 opportunities in week four. 5,200. 17 fantasy points without a touchdown last week. Josh, who is this? Who should I be cramming into my lineups? This, this is the big boy, Uncle Lenny. Leonard Fournette continues to be slept on 5,200. You got to make room for him in your lineups. A great way to pay up at receiver is to throw in 5,200 Fournette. And then uh, in the 4K range, it's a little unclear what's going on with Joe Mixon, whether or not he plays week five. If Mixon does not suit up, kind of annoying, but both Samaje Pirine and Chris Evans are 4K facing Green Bay. And you're probably going to have to consider one or both of them. We'll see what the coach speak is on who gets the start. I'm assuming it'd be Samaji Pirine. And it's kind of gross, but you'd have to put him in some lineups at only 4K. FanDuel, Derrick Henry, by far the most expensive, 10400 DeAndre Swift is another value once again this week. So he hasn't been as much of a value on FanDuel. He's been priced up a little bit. He's always been that DraftKings value. But this week, Swift, value on FanDuel as well. He's down to 6900 Nice. At Minnesota. He was 7700 last week, 6900 this week. Swift continues to be very minimally played by fantasy gamers and DFS and will always have that 20 to 30 point upside any given week. Let's move on to wide receiver. That is just, that's a black hole that I should not be going down. (laughs) Cody just commented, you're getting drowned. I, too many comments right now. Anyway, wide receiver on DraftKings. Devontae Adams at the top, 8,200 at the Bengals. Fire him up, especially after a down week four. We have the Chargers receivers, Mike Williams, 7,200. He's been a very pleasant surprise this year. Keenan Allen, 6,500. Oh, $700 gap. I think you know which Chargers wide receiver I'll be playing a little extra in week five. Keenan Allen, 6,500, playing Cleveland at home. We've got Adam Thielen down to 6,600. And Justin Jefferson this week, he's priced up. Justin Jefferson, 7,700. Thielen, 6,600. Decent gap there on DraftKings. And Thielen, he had the targets. He just didn't have the yards or the touchdown yesterday. But he faces Detroit in week five. I'll probably be playing some Adam Thielen. 6,500, just like Keenan Allen, is Deontay Johnson. They're kind of the same guy. These lower dot pencil and 10 plus targets a game kind of players. Love Deontay Johnson, 6,500 facing Denver. We have T. Higgins, who from everything I've read will be playing week five. He'll be healthy. He's only 5K facing Green Bay. 5K. And I mean, horrible for Jair Alexander. I saw he got carted off yesterday in that game. I assume he's not going to play week five. And that's just really good for these Bengals pass catch. Hopefully Jair can make a full recovery. He's an incredible athlete. But if we're talking strictly DFS, Bengals receivers looking great. No fear of Jair. Higgins, 5K. LaVisca Chenault, 4,800. 
facing, again, I mentioned before, they're facing the Titans, this dreadful defense. LaVisca Chenault could run all over them after the catch. Moving down a little, we have Darnell Mooney, 4,700. They're at Vegas. And Darnell Mooney was actually the budget wide receiver I told you to throw in lineups last week on first mover. It ended up paying off. I saw him at 3,900 last week and I was like, oh, Darnell Mooney's probably going to get a lot of targets. Sure enough, seven targets, five receptions, 125 yards, and a 10-yard carry. That was good for over 20 fantasy points on DraftKings. He's priced up a little 4,700, but still think he's viable in kind of that mid-range. We have yet to see them unlock Justin Fields, and those seven targets were a massive target share. If I remember correctly, Fields only dropped back 17 times for passing. So it was a very, very, very baby game plan, so... We'll see who the starter is in Chicago, but I do like Darnell Mooney, 4,700. And then if you want to go super budget, Curtis Samuel, once again, is 3K facing New Orleans. He had four targets on a small snap share this past week, and I assume that both the snap share and the targets will go up. So very curious to see how Curtis Samuel and his 3,000 salary can fit in, helping me pay up for some of those receiver studs like a Devontae Adams at 8,200. You want Keenan Allen, 6,500. You want to fit the big dog in on DraftKings at 9K. Curtis Samuel, 3,000. FanDuel Adams, most expensive there as well. He's only 8,200 on FanDuel. Adams continues to be like pretty drastically mispriced on that platform. So got to throw in some Adams into your lineups. And then two guys I really like, Antonio Brown at 6,500. And then I know he burned you week four. He delivered week three. I'm still betting on the talent. Brandon Ayuk, 5,300. I don't think anyone's going to play him after he burned you last week and barely played, but I will probably have some Brandon Ayuk stacked up with Trey Lance, 5,300 on FanDuel. Tight end. We don't have Travis Kelsey, so the most expensive one this week. Darren Waller, 7,300 facing Chicago. We have Kittle, 5,600 at the Cardinals. Then the other guy in that range is TJ Hawkinson, who I prefer a little bit to Kittle. TJ Hawkinson, just more guaranteed volume, 5,500 at Minnesota. We drop down a bit. I like Noah Fant, 4,900 at the Steelers. He had a breakout game this past week. Mike Gesicki has been on fire the past couple weeks. He's still only 4,200 at Tampa Bay. We know the Dolphins are going to have to throw a lot in that game. They're a total pass funnel defense. The Buccaneers are. Really like Gesicki at 4,200. Evan Engram, still really inexpensive, 3,200 at Dallas. And I know the results haven't been there with the fantasy points, but Evan Ingram, six targets in week three, six targets in week four. You'll be hard-pressed to find someone consistently getting six targets at 3,200 on DraftKings. And then Dan Arnold, if you really want to go even cheaper than that, Dan Arnold is 2,900 against the Eagles. What did he What did he do this past week? I know he was traded from the Panthers to the Jaguars. Well, all Dan Arnold did... Three days after the trade to Jacksonville, Dan Arnold put up two receptions and 29 yards. Now he has a full week of practice. DJ Shark is not in the picture. The targets will consolidate. Dan Arnold, 2,900. Darren Waller on FanDuel's most expensive, 7,400. Only 100 more than DraftKings. Darren Waller, great way to get some leverage at tight end where there's a good chance no tight end is even within five to 10 fantasy points of him at the end of week five. But uh, my favorite my favorite guy on, on FanDuel is Cameron Brait. Rob Gronkowski's not going to play again in week five. Punctured long broken ribs. Cameron Brait is 5,000. And he is exactly the tight end that you want to play on FanDuel. 
Remember, FanDuel's half PPR, there's no yardage bonuses, so it skews really heavily towards touchdowns. And the Buccaneers are a top three offense in the NFL, so touchdown potential for Cameron Brait. And uh, how did he do yesterday? Oh, he had six targets from Tom Brady. Cameron Brait, 5,000 on FanDuel. Love it. Moving on to defense special teams. This is, oh, as you know, this is the sexiest part of DFS talk, the defense special teams. And I mean, wowzer. We have the the Patriots on DraftKings, the most expensive. They're facing Houston, but still 4,900. I mean, it's pretty rare defense crests $4,000 on DraftKings and the Patriots are 4,900. Yeah, that's probably too expensive. Are they probably going to deliver some good fantasy points? Yes. Is there more upside using some salary for a receiver? Uh, most definitely. Uh, some defenses I like. The Steelers, 3,300 facing Denver. Teddy Bridgewater was concussed yesterday. I don't know if he'll clear protocol. And let me tell you, if Teddy doesn't clear concussion protocol, the Steelers, 3,300 facing Drew Locke. You got to fire him up. Arizona, 2,900. They get the 49ers in Trey Lance. The rookie quarterback. Cardinals have a decent defense. Yeah. There could be a lot of turnovers in this one. It could get ugly fast. And then Dallas, the Cowboys, continue to shock the world with this, this pretty solid defense that was just dreadful last year, revamped this year. They're 2,800. They face the Giants. I know Danny Dimes, 400 passing yards against the Saints. He's looked better this year. However, it's still a small sample size. Danny Dimes could just implode. Still a banged up receiving core. I'll be playing some Cowboys, 2,800, facing the Giants at home in Dallas. And then your budget defense special teams, the Jaguars, 2,100 facing Tennessee. Unlikely A.J. Brown plays in this one. There's no guarantee even that Julio plays. It could be Nick Westbrook, Keen, Josh Reynolds, Chester Rogers. This could be another brutal receiving core for the Titans. And the Jaguars, 2,100. Could get interesting. If you want to save salary, it's not the worst punt play defense. Now, if you do want to play the new... England Patriots defense special teams. You want to play that unit? Go to FanDuel. They're 5,000 on FanDuel. 4,900 on DraftKings, 5,000 FanDuel. So only 100 more on FanDuel, yet your salary constraint on DraftKings is 50,000. Your salary constraint on FanDuel, 60,000. So you have 20% more salary, yet the Patriots defense is practically the same price on both platforms. You're allowed to fire them up on FanDuel. And a good play, Dallas is 4K against the Giants. I like that. So if I'm trying to save a little money, Dallas 4K. But I'll probably spend up a little bit this week with the the Patriots defense playing so well. They made Tom Brady and the Bucs look pretty bad this past week. Davis Mills and the Texans have been atrocious. So it could be a lot of fantasy points for the Patriots defense and special teams. All right, let's move on now to the main slate we have the Eagles at the Panthers. Panthers currently favored by four, 46-point game total. Not a ton of interest in some major game stacks. I'll be playing some Hurts. Uh, we'll probably play a little Darnold just because he continues to look good and he's, I think he's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns. So making me look pretty stupid for, for not being in on Darnold this year as he, next thing you know, he's, he's turned into Carolina Panthers stud Cam Newton apparently. Next game, Green Bay at the Bengals. Bengals are three and a half point underdogs at home. 49 point game total, which is decently attractive game total. Not as interested personally in this game. With Higgins back, 
less con- less target consolidation on the Bengals side. Aaron Rodgers is often just really expensive and he's not mobile. Moving on, we've got, I mean, this is the, the clunker of all clunkers. The Patriots at the Texans. Patriots favored by nine and a half on the road. 39 and a half point game total. That's pretty embarrassing. Next up, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jacksonville are four and a half point underdogs at home. 48 and a half point game total. Not a bad game total. And again, I really like, sorry, I, I hear some revving of a car on this on my end. I don't know if you hear that on the mic. Uh, there, There's some, to, to put it kindly, there's an asshole revving his car in my, uh, my apartment parking lot. Don't know why they're doing that. Anyway, 48 and a half point game total. Tennessee at Jacksonville. And I, again, I like the Lawrence side. Really consolidated targets. Kind of clustering towards James Robinson. Chenault, Marvin Jones, maybe Dan Arnold. So I really like James Robinson in this one. Really like playing a little Trevor Lawrence. You can always just run it back with Derrick Henry. And actually, if you're trying to fit Derrick Henry to a lineup, you couldn't do much worse than, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, 5,800, well-priced receiving options. Very attractive for DFS. We have Detroit at Minnesota. Vikings, eight and a half point favorites at home. 49 point game total. Now, not super interested in either quarterback this week. If I had to pick, probably Kirk Cousins, but very interested in Swift paired with, a, you could do like Swift, Jefferson or Swift, Thielen. You could go Hawkinson with Jefferson or Hawkinson, Thielen or Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook. There's a little, you could start to throw a couple of these guys into some lineups. So I'm eyeing this one for a little skinny correlation. Denver at Pittsburgh, Steelers favored by a point. 40 and a half game total. I'll probably pass on this one. Miami at the Buccaneers. Buccaneers whopping 10.5 point favorites at home, 49.5 game total. And uh, every Sunday is Tom Brady Sunday with how much the team is passing, their offensive weapons. I'll probably be doing some Brady double stacks again this week. We have the Saints at the Washington football team. Saints favored by a point, 44.5 game total. Not a whole lot of interest in this one. I mean, maybe you could dabble a little on Heineke. He's been doing pretty well, kind of a cheap Konami quarterback. But overall, not as much interest. I, I was on Heineke this past week. He did very well, but they were also playing the Falcons. Saints, different beast, less interested. Possibly my favorite game of the week, not just because I'm a Chargers fan, but Cleveland at the Chargers. Currently a pick em. I've, I haven't really seen a real lineup. I think they're waiting till Monday Night Football happens with the Chargers. Current game total projection, 49 and a half. Play some Justin Herbert. And on the Brown side, if you want to run back, that's not Odell Beckham. Kareem Hunt, we played some Kareem Hunt Week four, he's starting to look pretty good out there, and he's getting better usage than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb, four targets. Not last not last week. Four targets on the season through four games. Man, if you're not getting 30 carries a game like Derrick Henry, and you're not getting any targets, I mean, even Derrick Henry gets the targets now. What even is Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb is like the poor man's 2020 Derrick Henry. Hard to see the upside if he's not truly getting all the carries and he won't get any targets, and he doesn't even get all the goal line work either, because Hunt is frequently in there in the red zone. It's a tough scene, but I will definitely be playing some Herbert and some Chargers. Oh, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, there's some good options there. San Francisco at the Cardinals. Cardinals favored by four and a half points, whopping 53 and a half game total. I like this game, because remember, I like Trey Lance, and I always will like Kyler Murray. Two incredible athletes. This could be a very high-scoring, exciting game. I will definitely be playing some of both quarterback with some nice game stacks. If I'm game stacking, probably more so 
on the Kyler side, just because the way that Trey Lance scores fantasy points, I've mentioned it before, I'll keep saying it because I think it's important to remember. These Konami code quarterbacks, where the Konami code, two and a half times more fantasy points per rushing yard than per passing yard as a quarterback. But the anti-Konami code is for the receivers because if Trey Lance drops back to pass and he throws a pass and a re- let's say Debo Samuel catches it for 10 yards, Trey Lance gets some fantasy points, not a lot, but a little, but Debo Samuel gets two fantasy points, one for the catch and then one for the 10 yards. However, let's say Lance tucks and runs it. Lance now gets more fantasy points if he runs for 10 yards Then if he passes for 10 yards, that's the Konami code. But Debo would get zero fantasy points. That is why we like these stationary quarterbacks when we're searching for these upside receivers and when we're doing these major mega game stacks. So if Lance is going to be tucking and running a lot like he did this past week, I think he ran seven times if I remember correctly, just in the second half when he came in. Probably not going to double stack Lance. Probably just a little little skinny stack. Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. But Kyler... He hasn't run as much as a Hertz or a Lance or a Fields or a Lamar. So you can still double stack Kyler. And then the last game is the Giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys, seven and a half point favorites. Decent 50 and a half point game total. I'm going to be playing a little Daniel Jones, probably a little Dak Prescott as well. Daniel Jones in particular, very pleasant surprise, has looked much better this year. Saquon looks like he's fully returned to form. There's some exciting pieces here. Still not going to have Gallup, so still consolidated targets on the Cowboys' end. So there's a lot of ways that you can take this game. Decent game total. I will be getting some exposure to this one. All right, we've made it through week five. We made it. We made it. I even shed some tears publicly on air for thousands of people out there with my DJ Moore apology tour. It's been an emotional roller coaster. Let's get you out of here with a week five hot take. Now, as You may remember, without preparation, thrust in at halftime due to Jimmy G's calf injury, Trey Lance had 20 fantasy points. A lot of it, though, it was due to a busted coverage and Debo being 20 yards open and just kind of waltzing in for a massive touchdown. But nonetheless, I I do hope the Cardinals' defense and their pretty, pretty solid front seven, hopefully the Cardinals' defense will suppress how many people out there are playing Trey Lance. And Trey Lance... 5,700 on DraftKings, 6,900 on FanDuel. Trey Lance will finish as a top three quarterback in week five. Book it.